Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. We start off with uh, a couple of different news stories that uh, that continue to percolate out there. Aaron Rodgers drama. He allegedly called the GM of the Packers, Jerry Krause. So there you go. Everybody was sitting around, I guess, watching the uh, 1990s era Jordan and the Bulls documentary, and Jerry Krause became the villain there. We talked a lot about the disastrous decision by Rob Manfred, Major League Baseball commissioner, to pull the All-Star game out of the state of Georgia, relocate it to Denver, Colorado. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution came out with a uh, big poll that they had done, and by a monster margin, the residents of the state of Georgia opposed the All-Star game being moved, which is why I said way more popular than the Democrats or the Republicans in the state of Georgia are the Atlanta Braves. 54 to 36, that is a plus 18 margin against the decision to pull the All-Star game, uh, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And 60 to 33, Georgians are opposed to companies having political opinions. Both of those big stories, I think, that further solidify the decision 
by Rob Manfred as one of the worst in the 21st century by any commissioner. This, I think, is going to turn into a big story uh, as it continues to move through the uh, media ecosystem. There is a 43-year-old woman that was born a, a biological man, so a transgender woman who is now 43 years old that is a weightlifter in the Olympics and uh, that weightlifter is scheduled to make the Olympics from New Zealand. So this is one of these monster stories that I believe is going to uh, pit identities against each other. Are you in favor of women's sports or are you in favor of transgender athletes being able to compete in uh, sports in their transitioned sex? This is going to turn into a big deal. And I I think for a lot of people, this is going to be a flashpoint in the Olympics if it ends up happening in New Zealand weightlifter because biological men, remember this this person waited until the age of 35 to change genders. Biological men dominate biological women if they are allowed to transition and compete as the gender of their choice. And so this could be a monster threat to all women's athletics. What's going to happen here? I think this could be a harbinger, a, uh, an impending story about what could become more commonplace. We're seeing early lawsuits about this. High school sports are having to grapple with it. And remember, it's just biological men who decide to become women, not biological women who decide to become men because you're going to hear a lot of people out there say well this is just a made-up story transgender athletes don't really change the overall wins right yeah that's that's correct for one half of the equation women who decide to be men have no chance to win male sporting competitions men who decide to be women have a decent chance to win female sports competitions because they are bigger, stronger, and faster. The men are based on testosterone. They get much larger. Even Caitlyn Jenner, who is running for the uh, governorship now of California has come out and said, this is not a, uh, this is not acceptable in her mind. I think a lot of people are going to have to make this decision. I can't believe it's considered controversial, but I don't think that somebody could be should be able to pick their gender and then play based on the defined gender as opposed to the biological gender. I think it goes to the essence of uh, determining who is and who is not uh, able to win championships. Um, this is a big story, I think, as well. It has now been over a month, just over a month, since the Texas Rangers opened up their baseball stadium and the state of Texas's number of COVID cases has absolutely continued to collapse. And so remember all those people, and I'm sure you heard the Corona bros, as, uh, as I love to call them, that were up in arms, that were outraged when the Texas Rangers allowed their stadium to go to full capacity. Well, now the Atlanta Braves are going to full capacity this weekend in, uh, in their home games. But I think it's significant. One of the benefits of our federalism system has been that every individual state can make its own decision based on COVID regulations. And the decisions of Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, and Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, in two big states, to basically open up their economies 
has shown how unnecessary and ultra conservative it is in California and in New York, two other big states, to have the draconian COVID rules that they do. So if not for multiple laboratories, I think the nation would be locked down still. Texas, by opening up the Texas Rangers Stadium, credit to the Rangers owners for making that choice, there has been no increase in COVID cases at all. It's pastime to 100% open up, I believe, based on the data and the science, certainly every outdoor sporting event. Everyone should be able to go to an outdoor sporting event with or without the vaccine. It should be your choice. Earlier this week, we had the governor of Tennessee on the program, and he echoed what many other governors are saying across the country, which is that he does not believe that there should be any sort of vaccine passport to attend sporting events. And I I think that's right. Without even getting into the vaccine politics, can you imagine gate ticket takers having to check to see whether or not someone's had the COVID vaccine and how incredibly long it would take just to get into the stadium if that were the case? I mean, it would be an unmitigated disaster. So, uh, the fact that the Houston, uh, sorry, that the Dallas area, the Texas Rangers, have been playing to basically 100% capacity crowds for over a month now and have seen no super spreader events that the Corona Bros told you were going to happen, that Texas, which opened up well over a month ago, remember Joe Biden called it Neanderthal thinking, and has seen absolutely no COVID-related issues in their state. In fact, the overall number of COVID cases have continued to collapse. So those are all different stories out there. But for a lot of you, you may or may not have heard, Now, I want to open up the phone lines about this, you may or may not have heard that I decided to sell OutKick to Fox. So my website, which obviously has spiraled a lot into video and, uh, and, and audio, and we have many different aspects of the OutKick business now. Um, I've been doing this radio show with you guys for five years. It isn't impacted uh, because this is owned by iHeart and I am an iHeart employee for purposes of this show. And I've been doing television now daily for three years on FS1 uh, as a part of Fox. But I've continued to own my own sports media company. And I know many of you out there Uh, have over the years read OutKick uh, and and enjoyed it. It got to the point where there was an offer that I couldn't say no to. Uh, We have been growing like gangbusters at OutKick. We had a lot of different companies trying to buy OutKick from me, a decade, by the way, nearly after I founded the company. And ultimately, uh, I made the choice to, uh, to go ahead that it was the right time and the right fit for me uh, and my family to uh, sell the website, sell the company of OutKick to Fox. Now, for people out there listening, nothing is changing in terms of my day-to-day. It's a radio show, uh, still going on. Alarm still went off this morning at 4.30. Um, I I mean, candidly, I'm, I'm really rich now. Uh, I didn't win the lottery. I mean, I worked with my business for a decade to build it up to a good spot. Uh, but I have the uh, the ability now, if I wanted to, 
I, I don't really have to work anymore. Now, I'm signed on for years and I love work, but in five years, if, uh, if I decided, for instance, I didn't want to work anymore, I wouldn't have to do it. Uh, I do what I do because I love what I do. And I don't think the dollars that I make or don't make to do this is going to change the way that I behave or what I say or what I believe. And I'm in the opinion business. And I know that on any given day, no matter what opinion I'm talking about, some of you are fired up and you agree. And some of you are fired up and you disagree. But I try to be as honest as I possibly can every single day. And I think that's why this uh, brand, this OutKick brand, but our radio show, TV shows, uh, our videos that we do, our, our written content, I think wh- that's why it's expanded and grown so rapidly. I think the partnership with Fox is just going to put all that into uh, it, I'll pour jet fuel on it and uh, that we are going to explode into an even larger context than we are now. Um, I understand that some people, anytime there's a, there's a move like this, that it, uh, that it makes some people nervous. And I take it as a positive because so many people feel a deep connection to, uh, to both me and to OutKick. But uh, I would just say this, if you believe that I'm willing to say that a lot of, a lot of things that other people are not willing to say, everybody else is terrified of cancel culture. They're worried that somebody's going to come and take them away if they say the wrong thing on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or you, uh, you, you, you say the wrong thing in a viral video and the next thing you know, you lose your job and your family's under siege. I mean, I think there's a deep-seated fear of that across the country. And I represent, and I think OutKick does, the, the cancellation of cancel culture. If you thought I spoke the truth before, imagine what I'm going to say now with legitimate FU money. I, I can say and do and think whatever I want now with no economic consequences of any kind of severe nature. I'm going to be saying the same stuff now that I said before, but now I don't have that fear out there that I could be canceled or that my family could suffer consequences because we're in an era of, uh, of what I would call, frankly, illiberalism, where comedians have to worry about jokes that they make on the stage, where your kids have to worry about whatever Snapchat video they might be sending or whatever TikTok video they might be making, uh, and whether or not suddenly it's going to go viral for the wrong reasons, and you don't even know what happened. And the next thing you know, your your 15-year-old is, uh, is, is in the middle of a, of a viral nightmare and a mob is after them. I think there's a deep-seated fear out there in, in the world of sports for this. I think in the world of popular culture. I think in the world of regular people like you and me who have kids in public school and every single morning get up and you don't know exactly what's going to be next to, uh, to, to, to be on the chopping block. And so I think we represent and have represented for a long time the vast majority of reasonable people in this country. And I think that's why this show has expanded in the way that it has. But I'm excited for the next chapter. I think it's going to be the best and biggest chapter that we've ever had. Um, as a part of the, of the deal with Fox, we are going to have the ability to go out and hire a lot more people and create a lot more and better content surrounding everything that we do at OutKick. 
So all of this, I think, is uh, is going to be a massive positive for people if you already like what we're doing at OutKick. And many of you, frankly, are not going to notice any change because I'm going to keep doing the exact same things that I was doing before we announced the sale on, uh, on Wednesday's show. Uh, now, I'm going to open up phone lines. I understand some of you have a deep connection to OutKick. You may have questions about uh, about this uh, decision about the the purchase of Outkick by Fox, uh, you can give us a call 877-996-6369 and weigh in with any questions you've got. I try to be as honest and transparent as anybody that I know in media, so uh, I will answer your questions to uh, to the best of my ability and as honestly as I possibly can, uh, as I've been doing basically ever since I started writing online for the first time back in 2004 with an audience of zero, I would say I'm a big believer in capitalism, as all of you out there know. Uh, I believe in uh, the meritocracy also. I believe in competition, and I believe in the best man or woman winning. And OutKick won a lot of battles in order to get to the point where, uh, where we are right now. And it's a pretty gratifying experience. I don't spend a lot of time looking back because I'm so focused on the future. But in 2004, I was a practicing attorney in the United States Virgin Islands. I had just graduated from law school. And at 25 years old, I started writing daily online with an audience of zero. No reason why many other people couldn't have done what I did. I'm not unique in my talents necessarily. There are a lot of people out there who I really do believe could have done what I did. What I am is dogged and fearless and also willing to deal with a lot of failure and not quit. And that to me is the essence of competition. I've told these stories before, but just as a little anecdote, when I wrote my first book, uh, I remember in Dixieland Delight that came out in 2007. I had a book signing in the Birmingham, Alabama area. Uh, it was just outside on the north side of Birmingham. I drove down to uh, Birmingham a couple of hours and a half, go into the Books a Million there, sat at a table that they had set up for me for two hours to do a book signing in 2007 not one person came to get my book if you have ever found yourself in a situation where you are at work and I know there's a lot of comedians out there who have had this experience I know there's a lot of musicians anybody who's in an entertainment industry when you sit at a fold-out table for two hours in a bookstore and people walk past your signing for two hours and not one person buys your book you definitely have a lot of time to reflect on how you ended up in that position where you're sitting at a table by yourself and by the way one thing that I do and have done ever since then is I buy a book if I see an author and nobody is buying his book or her book in a uh, in a public situation because I know what that feels like even if I have no interest in reading the book, it's worth $20 to me to show some compassion to an author who poured his or her heart and soul into the book. And then you're sitting there awkwardly sort of begging for somebody to come buy your book, maybe just talk to you, maybe just recognize you. Um, 
I think a lot of people quit in situations like those. I think the uh, the pressure, I think the challenge, I think the fear of failure is so overwhelming for most people. And look, I've failed a lot in my career. I have uh, I have done a lot of ridiculous things that didn't work. I tried to sell pants for God's sakes uh, in the color of uh, of uh, big major college football programs. I lost fifty thousand dollars in pants. Uh, I've been at book signings for hours where nobody showed up back in the day. I've been obviously dragged across the internet by so many different people, the blue checkmark brigade that decides that they don't like my opinion and I don't have the right to have that opinion. I've trended regularly for having, quote, unpopular opinions. But every time somebody tries to knock me down, if I take a punch, I get back up off the canvas. And I think that's the story of America. I really do. America is not about winning every time. This is why sports is so important in our country. You have to learn how to lose, how to put everything you have into something and still get back up off the canvas when you get knocked down. That to me is the essence of a capitalistic democracy is every single day, whether you win or lose, getting back up and going right back at it the next day and not being afraid of failing. I fail all the time. And it's the reason why I am now, frankly, filthy rich. Because if you win all the time, it means that you aren't actually challenging yourself and trying to expand the boundaries of what you can accomplish. Every single day, you should push yourself. And if you aren't doing that, you're unlikely to be advancing as a person no matter what you do for a living. And athletics is a perfect metaphor for that. You know, and we can see it, over time, the guys and girls who work the hardest at their craft triumph. Now, we're not all equal in terms of our talent. I could have worked as hard as I possibly can at being a pro athlete, and I could have never been a pro athlete. I don't have the athleticism to be able to be a pro athlete, like the vast majority of you who are listening to me. It wasn't that I didn't work hard enough. It was that I didn't have that athleticism, that ability, that talent. But all of us have a talent in something. And what you can learn from athletics is how to lose and still come back and continue to get better. And that's why my kids play athletics now. It's not because I think that they're going to be all-stars in high school or college or certainly not in the pros. The odds are against any of that ever occurring. It's because athletics teaches you how to compete in a world that is filled with competition. And we're all running our own race in some way. And so to me, nothing really changes because I still wake up with that same drive every single day. And I know that this next five years and 10 years and 15 years and 20 years is going to be filled with an incredible amount 
of wins and losses in both directions because I'm going to continue to push myself. And sometimes I'm going to win and sometimes I'm going to lose. But my goal is to keep getting better in the years ahead. And to the extent that people reach for brass rings, I suppose getting filthy rich is a brass ring, but it's not the end goal. The money is, to me, a testament of the fact that I've got a concrete chin that I'm going to keep getting up and I'm not going to let you knock me out or knock me down. And I think that's an important lesson for everybody out there going forward. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer. 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their general tires test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We took calls from the callers. We're going to get to the Animal Thunderdome here in a minute. But uh, I'll bring in the crew. Dub, of course. I'm not. Does anybody know where Dub exactly is? He may have told me, but I forgot. But he's out yesterday, uh, and I was out yesterday, so that worked fine. But he's also out today. Does anybody know where he is? Mr. World Traveler. Yes. I have no idea. Yeah. I knew Dub was an interesting dude when he was overseas in France for the, uh, for the Ryder Cup when we were live on the air. Yeah, um, and that's when he was brand new to the show. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but he's been, I'm not even kidding. I mean, he's in the 99.9th percentile for travel. Uh, Dub has been on airplane flights basically every week since the country shut down. Uh, I, I can't believe how much he travels. Um, all right. Uh, any thoughts, Danny G? Do you think that I'll change it all? I highly doubt that. Uh, as I was reading OutKick over the past couple of days, that seemed to be the number one concern of a lot of the readers who were leaving comments. But if they knew anything about you the way we do, and I've worked with you off and on for the past nine years at two different networks, I don't think you would have signed that deal if the company was going to be able to tell you what to do. Also, it wouldn't make any sense for anybody to buy OutKick and say, I want you to do something different. Right. The whole reason they wanted your brand is because it's unique. Right. And because we're being successful. It doesn't make sense for a business to acquire another business. If you, Let's say you ran a hamburger stand and uh, and somebody buys your hamburger place. If they came in and they were like, hey, you should switch to chicken, you'd be like, you know, we do hamburgers here. And so uh, it's the very essence of business to give the customer more of what they like. So, uh, I mean, uh, we're, we're going to keep doing exactly what we're doing now just giving them more of what they already like any doubt that you any any worries in your mind eddie do you think that i will change in terms of what i say or what outkick says uh none for me at all uh and i I loved what you said about uh you know you were if you thought you were outspoken before uh now that you've got the fu money which we'd all love to have yeah uh, and that's not going to change why would that change yeah it it would be the opposite right i mean i think there are a lot of people out there listening right now who said boy if i ever had x then i would do y I, I love what I do. I mean, again, I'm I'm not going to change what I do. But if if you really, uh, it, there's a lot of people out there, I think, who worry about being canceled. And they're like, well, I'm not going to say what I really think because I'm a teacher and I'm, I might lose my job or uh, I work in, in uh, finance and I might lose my job. And whatever job you have, I think there's a lot of people out there who are nervous when it comes to social media and saying exactly what they think because if they say the wrong thing and whatever the wrong thing is can shift day to day right we have this constantly evolving standards for what acceptable speech and what unacceptable speech is and so there are a lot of people out there who think man if i had the money i would say exactly what i think so why would you think now that i have money that i would change change? like it would be much less like if anything the way that you would change. I'm, I'm a big believer that money makes you more of what you already are, both good or bad, right? Like there are a lot of people out there who would get into a ton of trouble 
if they suddenly had the money to get into the trouble. And a lot of you are like, yeah, I, I can see that. It could be you, it could be one of your buddies. Uh, money makes you more of what you already are. So if anything, I'm going to be a more of a version of what I already am because I don't have any fear about needing money. What about the Spotify aspect? I've been seeing a lot of comments like that online. Like, well, Joe Rogan thought he was going to have control and they're obviously editing a lot of his episodes. Yeah, I mean, well, I can't speak for that. All I can tell you, I, I talked about this earlier, they've never edited anything that I've ever said on Fox Sports Radio. So I don't know why that would change. Uh, you know, like I said earlier. As Don, far as you know. Yeah, well, that's a good point. As far as I know, I don't listen to the podcast. It's possible that nothing I say actually goes on the podcast. It could just be, uh, you know, they could be putting on Lakers games well, during our actually, podcast for all I know. There's more incentive to listen to the podcast because we can we have more leeway to leave certain words. Like, for instance, the last time Petros was on, he said a word that we had to dump on the live radio, but we were able to leave it in the podcast. Yeah, you know, if anything, I've thought about that before. I mean, I, I don't think FCC regulations make sense. I, not that I sit around and curse all day long or even curse that often, but I think on radio, the idea that you guys can watch all this craziness that happens on HBO or streaming services or whatever it is, but that we're still bound by 1950 standards for what appropriate speech is. I think that's a little bit ridiculous, uh, personally. That's not my choice. I mean, I'm bound by certain rules and regulations uh, in order to do television and in order to do radio. And you have to stay within the bounds of what's considered acceptable communication standards. And so, uh, you know, they expand, they're uh, certainly more expansive on the internet in terms of what you can say and do. Uh, but uh, but I, I can only speak to, you know, working for Don Martin, Scott Shapiro, and Julie Talbot. I mean, we've been doing this show for over five years now. And I can honestly say at no point have they ever said, hey, don't talk about this. You need to talk about this instead. I've never had that conversation. And so I can't imagine, like, you would think if we were going to have the conversation like that, to their credit, it would have been when we first started and nobody had ever heard me on Fox Sports Radio. Now, you heard, if we open up the phone lines, I mean, we've got an entire army of people that are in absolute love and will fight for this show so the idea that they would suddenly come in and say, hey, you can't talk about X or Y or Z. And in fact, I mean, I have written into my contracts that I have the ability to say, I mean, that's my job. So it, the, the idea that I would give away creative freedom or the ability to say what I think on any day about any subject, that's, that's the thing that matters the most to me. So I have had written into my contracts for years that I have the ability to control what the radio show consists of. Um, and that's not going to change. I mean, I understand that's a fear, um, but uh, but but it's not a uh, it's not a reality. I mean, that's something that that one of the most important aspects to me is to be able to say exactly what I think every single day. And yeah, it's an interesting point about Joe Rogan and Spotify. I know Joe Rogan's podcast is wildly popular, and I I don't listen to that podcast. But my understanding is they're going back and scrubbing things after the fact. Yeah which I don't approve of, and I guarantee you Joe Rogan doesn't approve of it either. But I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a listener of his program, so I can't speak to, hey, does it sound any different on Spotify than it did when he was on iTunes or whatever distri whoever distributed it before. But I can tell you, for better or worse, our show's not going to sound any different. Anything from you, Roberto? Anything you're worried about? I don't, I don't think you're going to change that off. <laughs> no. uh, uh, a question, though. Uh, you said you would never uh, change houses. 
Now that you got a little more money there, are you still going to keep that little house that you have now? Well, this is not a little house. This, <laughs> this, is, not a, this is not a small house I that know. we got now. No, I love my house. No, I don't want to move. But what did, your, what did your kids think? Did they ask you for a bigger house or anything? No, it's funny. My 10-year-old said, oh, now nobody's going to know who you are. Uh, we, <laughs> my 13-year-old said, Dad sold out kick. And then my 10-year-old's first thought was, oh, no, now nobody's going to know who Dad is. Oh, he thought he lost his perks at the yeah, stadium. Yeah, that's 100% right. Because <laughs> he was like, we were talking about going to the Atlanta Braves, and the Atlanta Braves love out kick. Um, and so uh, – and so, like, he's gotten over the years to get to meet athletes and yeah, everything else because yeah. of me. So, like, Including most Including his favorite, Derrick Henry. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's gotten to meet Derrick Henry a couple of times. But uh, uh, his first thought, like most 10-year-olds, is, you know, how's this going to impact me? Um, and uh, and I, know, I know what your house looks like because uh, when you sent us the – but, you know, when you sent us the, our, our bonus. Oh, you looked it up on my, Zillow. My, my, my wife said, oh, let, oh, where's the envelope? Oh, I'll put it. I, you know, I threw it away in the trash. Oh, let me, let me get it. She gets <laughs> it, and then she goes into her, her Zillow and starts Googling your address. And says, wow, this house is this house is pretty big. Stalker. <laughs> yeah, I was like, stalker, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> That's women for you, though, man. Yeah, no no doubt. No doubt. It's uh, But so I would have moved. But I've said this, I've said this before. If somebody knocked on my – I'm a capitalist. If somebody knocked on my door – and offered me more than I think my house is worth, I would consider selling. Now I wouldn't because the money that I would make off the house doesn't really matter. But I would consider selling. I just I would I don't want to move. One, I love our house. Two, um, we've got such a uh, like I've got a home television studio. I've got a home radio studio. I, the, the the process and you guys know this the tech disaster that I feel like any new house would entail. It's only for like four years on this show, nothing worked. Like the phones didn't work, uh, you know, at, at any point in time. Like, like I mean, when we had the president of the United States on the first time, people were like, were you nervous? And I said, I was nervous that we were going to accidentally hang up on him or that our phones wouldn't work when the president called in. So that's my, that, you know, like, no, I, I don't think anything in our day-to-day life, kids are, you know, gonna, we're going to be in the same neighborhood. Kids are going to be going to the same public schools, all that stuff. Uh, I do think the one thing that I might buy is a ridiculous place directly on the beach. Um, so that's my one luxury Another that one I might undertake. Because you already have one on the beach. I've got a cut. It's not directly on oh, the beach. okay. All right. Like you don't look out over the what water. What is it, a block uh, away? Yeah. Got it. Uh, I'm I'm talking about like look, yeah a block from the beach. I mean I'm 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 a you know a block away from the beach now. Uh, next step is beachfront. So that is uh, that's probably the only thing I'm going to do. Um, in terms of uh, of adding like oh I'm going to go buy this or I'm going to go buy that. I'm going to go straight beachfront. So I'm going to be able to sit look out over the ocean. Um, can't do that now. That's really the only thing. So uh, I'm I'm excited. I just got to hope that uh, that I don't die in the next uh, in the next couple of years and continue to uh, to. And my wife doesn't poison me and decide she wants to be with yeah. somebody the, the the pool boy or something. I mean that's the fear. Um, all right, so uh, I think uh, we have got some Animal Thunderdome. Is this correct? Yeah, let's go. Are you going to change? No, we're still going to do the Animal Thunderdome. Here we go. and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bullet from strict respect to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. All right, what you got for me? 
Well, you were just mentioning how you're scared about your wife killing you. There is some death in the Thunderdome. Oh, this no. Unfortunately. It's probably a kid. Probably a kid because you bring the worst. Let me ask you this. So there's three stories I have that end badly and one that has a good ending. Which would you like? First? I think we should finish the segment with a happy ending, that's, right? That's like what I was thinking. Yeah, Speaking of idea. happy endings, not the kind that Robert Kraft got and uh, uh, Sean Watson got. Hey, oh. Uh, did you guys see, by the way, that I know Disneyland opened back up in LA where you guys are? Yeah. Did you guys see that people are upset because. Prince Charming in the new Snow White ride kisses Snow. What's the spoiler alert? Snow White ends with Prince Charming and they ride off into the sunset. Snow White is kissed by Prince Charming. It saves her after she's killed by the. So again, Without spoiler her alert: consent, the witch because she's sleeping. <laughs> I'm offended. Yes, did you see this? Yes. People are mad because she's sleeping and she didn't consent to the kiss that saves her. He was life. waking her know, up man. by kissing her. What do you want to keep her asleep forever? Uh, I don't. It's not I like mean, he gave her a roofie. Uh, yeah. Well, the, uh, not that we know of. Uh, who knows how? Maybe that Prince Charming was really not that. Uh, not that. But yes, there's a huge controversy. At Disneyland, over people complaining that Snow White didn't consent to the kiss. So, uh, the fairy tale ending you like to hear, oh, fairy tale endings are great, but Prince Charming kissing Snow White while she was asleep and/or potentially dead and bringing her back to life, that was offensive. So, just so you know, trying to keep tabs on what's culturally appropriate and not, people are mad at Disneyland at the Snow White ride. Can you imagine? Being on a Snow White ride and being offended by something on the Snow White ride, losers. I mean, I mean, just think about that, that for a minute. Like, I, I mean, like the same thing happened with Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, and the Splash Mountain. People on the ride offended by the details of a kids' ride. I just, I can't imagine listening to these people. It's just like if you took the biggest losers on the planet and put them all in one room together, that's Twitter. Just, I mean... Next thing they're going to be offended by, it's a small world after all. What's offensive about it's a small world after all? Well, they're going to get offended because it's uh, every every uh, race and uh, culture out there is represented on that ride. So oh, in like a stereotypical it, way? Uh, people are just going to get offended because they get offended for everything, man. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I just, I mean, I feel like these companies need to just start ignoring losers there should be every company should have a uh a director of common sense who they come to and you're just like hey should we ignore this or respond to it and almost always the answer should be ignore this that should be the entire job we need a a grow some balls movement yeah there's no doubt all right Uh, so i'll transition from that sadness to this sad news carl mock was a wilderness guide who lived in west yellowstone montana he died from injuries suffered when he was mauled by a grizzly bear. Mock was 40, fishing alone near the Baker's Hole campground, three miles from West Yellowstone. He was able to call 911. He was rushed to an Idaho Falls hospital, according to the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Department. He died in the hospital. Mock was a guide for backcountry adventures who described him as a dear friend in Facebook posts. That's off. So do we know, did the bear sneak up on him? Like, do we know the details of how the attack happened? They didn't give the details of the attack, but uh, a GoFundMe page was created by a friend who says that this is what really stinks. He suffered a massive stroke and died in the hospital two days after the attack. The death was kind of shocking, he wrote, because surgeries had actually gone well. Oh, wow. So maybe the stress of his yes. body from the attack was uh, was what ended up actually 
killing him and not the the grizzly bear itself. Yeah, um, now they did say that he had bear spray with him, but it was unclear whether or not he was able to use it. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Park officials closed the area where Mock was attacked. They sent staff to investigate where they ultimately shot and killed the grizzly. A statement says the bear was described as an older male grizzly who charged at seven investigators when they entered the area. The group included game wardens and specialists. And here we go. There are some people in that area up in arms that they killed this grizzly. If a grizzly bear kills a person, who in the world can be upset that we went and killed the grizzly bear? Yeah, I have another black bear story and it's the same thing at the end of that article there were some locals upset about them killing uh and i'll get to that there's another horrible death here this this is uh thomas hicks who was mowing the lawn outside his home in breckenridge 130 miles west of dallas when he encountered uh a beehive unfortunately oh no yeah uh so his wife told him Um, Please don't go in the back area. He was going out to mow the lawn. And she said, stay away from the back. There are bees out there. And he said, I won't. I promise. His wife told KTAB. So his wife, Zori, leaves for the grocery store. He starts mowing as she was leaving. When she returned home, she found her husband screaming and covered in bees. He was covered in, like, I mean, you couldn't even see his back and his whole head. He was just covered in killer bees, she said. She calls 911. She goes over to try to get the bees off of him. He unfortunately went into cardiac arrest and passed away by the time emergency responders arrived. His wife was taken to the hospital to be treated for multiple bee stings. Emergency personnel then went door to door to ask neighbors to be quiet until the bees could hive back up and calm down, according to the Breckenridge Fire Department. I mean, that's terrifying. Yeah, with the help of a local beekeeper, firefighters were able to destroy the hive that was uh, in a hollowed-out tree in their backyard, and finally they removed it. Oh, my God. I mean, these are awful. Did you find the two worst stories on the planet? I said I had three bad ones and one that ended well. We're not even through the bad yet. No, we're not. Now, uh, Is this the worst one? It was the last time we did Thunderdome. You accused me of being soft because there weren't any deaths. So now you got to just just like throw deaths right in everybody's face as they start off up, the morning. I don't make up the news. I just report what's happening. Yeah. All right, Colorado. Thanks, woman. Walter Cronkite. <laughs> Colorado woman walking dogs is killed and partially eaten by bear and cub is the headline. A, a, a cub? Yeah. Oh, that's a serial killing bear if I ever saw one. So where this, was she? So this 39 year old woman was uh, found dead near Highway 550 near Trimble, north of Durango, Colorado. Her boyfriend told authorities she had taken their two dogs for a walk early in the morning. When he returned home after work, it was around 8.30 p.m., he discovered the dogs had come back without her. Uh, Unable to call her, he began searching. He found her mauled body by the side of the road an hour later. CPW officers were summoned and they found signs of consumption on the body as well as an abundance of black bear droppings and hair at the scene. Investigators scrambled a dog team from the U.S. Department of Agriculture Wildlife Services to search the area and to begin tracking the black bear. They tracked down an adult female with two cubs and euthanized all three. The bodies were sent to CPW's Wildlife Health Lab in Fort Collins, where a pathologist found human remains in the stomach of the mother and and one of the cubs. Ugh. Yeah, and so, like I said earlier, 
This is another story where some locals were upset that they euthanized all three of these. And the local authorities are like, look, if you kill a person in our state, we're killing the, the bear. Yeah, that seems like a good move. Yeah. So also, you they don't didn't want- back down. It's like when we had the uh, the tiger, uh, you know, who, who, we should get him back. Uh, Shafali Khan, I believe, or whatever his uh, exact name was. Yeah, the, the tiger hunter. Once they get a taste. Once they get a taste blood, for human blood, they're yeah. more likely to kill humans again. So uh, that's why you got to get them. All right. So you do have a positive story here. Yes. All right. Animal services officers in Iowa were called to an apartment complex on a report of an alligator on the loose. The Animal Rescue League of Iowa said animal services officers were dispatched to the apartment complex in Des Moines on a report of a four to five foot loose alligator in the parking lot. An alligator in Iowa, right? I mean, they must have been scared to death. Residents of this Des Moines apartment complex walked out and were startled to see this large reptile, the ARL said in a Facebook post. They immediately reported it and waited anxiously until the animal services officer arrived. The alleged alligator, Clay was a four-foot-long plush toy. <laughs> There's a picture of this. It's great. Uh, the large stuffed Can you alli- tell it's a toy? I'm, I'm going to tweet this out, and I'll tag you at Clay Travis and at Danny G Radio on Twitter. I, I want your opinion to see what you think. I, I mean, I'm sorry, but if I saw this, I would because of the head on this plush toy, I would not think it was real. These people in Iowa obviously have no experience looking at alligators ridiculous the stuffed alligator is now safe in the care of the arl animal services think about how disappointed the cops were that responded there you know they wanted it to be an alligator like we got an alligator in an apartment in in iowa they're like oh this is gonna be an awesome call like this is gonna be fun yep and then they show up and it's a stuffed uh, alligator dreaming of some boots yeah i would just think it would be fun (laughs) if you're a cop in iowa i would think you know of all the things you could have to respond to alligator in the parking lot would be a pretty fun call to get i'm sure there's not a code for that in iowa uh on the uh on the police uh radar um all right uh when we come back john morosi is going to join us he's our major league baseball insider uh that is the animal thunderdome Uh, a lot of darkness but at least a little bit of sunshine there at the end Uh, this is outkick on fox sports radio be sure to catch live editions of outkick the coverage with clay travis weekdays at 6 a.m eastern 3 a.m pacific joined now by john morosi our major league baseball insider John, a lot of expectations for the L.A. Dodgers. Looking at the standings, the entire National League is kind of a mess, right? I mean, there's there's basically no teams that have really distinguished themselves in a substantial way. But how nervous should Dodger fans be about the team falling to 17 and 15, third in the NL West? Well, Clay, good morning. And first of all, congratulations uh, again uh, on your great news this week with OutKick. This is a tremendous tribute to your uh, work ethic and creativity. So well done, uh, my friend. Well, uh, I appreciate that. It's it's, it's exciting for the family, but... uh Still up super early in the morning doing radio, so uh, nothing. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Nothing going to change well, well, in the grand scheme. Look forward to continuing our conversations during the course of the year, as always. Uh, and yeah, so for the Dodgers, it's interesting, Clay. A couple things. Number one, I, I actually went back and looked and said, okay, well, how long has it been since the Dodgers were anywhere other than first or second place uh, after this many games of the season? And interestingly enough, that actually happened in 2019. So it, it wasn't that long ago that they had a, a similar stretch where fans were asking what was going on and, and where, where they go from here. I think what's different about this, 
Clay, is the the injury to Bellinger, which has obviously sidetracked the team early on, and then Mookie Betts not being able to play at full strength. He, of course, he had the arm issue after the hit-by-pitch. He had the back injury as well. And he, he, Mookie is one of the best people in the game, and he just wants to be on the field for his team. And I think that we realize as watching him, he's not 100% healthy right now. And so it's a combination of when you've got an MVP out and then an MVP who's not at full strength, it's going to hurt your team. And I think on the mound, too, we have seen some injuries. Of course, the Dustin May injury uh, out for the season, Tommy John surgery, which he's going to have next week. There's, there's just a number of uh, injuries and tough breaks early on. And then I think on the flip side, Clay, the Padres have been about as advertised, and the Giants have been a lot better. So it's, it's going to be a tougher road for the Dodgers this year. They, they may still uh, win the championship. They're, when they're healthy, there's probably still not a better 1-26 through 26 roster. But I also think that there are a couple unforeseen things, such as injuries and then the quality of the, uh, of the Giants, rather, that has made this a much more difficult year. And I do think some degree of concern is appropriate if you're a Dodger fan right now. Given that we've played roughly 30, 32, whatever the exact number is for everybody's favorite team staying on the National League, would you change your assessment of the best teams? So you just said the Dodgers may still win the World Series. Uh, I think you picked the Braves to win the World Series. Pitching has been weak there. How would you assess the first 30-ish games? Would you make any changes based on your preseason expectations in the National League? You know, Clay, not yet. I, I feel actually pretty decent about my my preseason picks, which is odd because I'm, I almost always get them wrong. I notably did predict... Shohei Otani to win the AL MVP, uh, and that, that that was one. Of course, I I just that was just my own idea. I have, I didn't uh, I don't actually stand to gain anything from it, but that was uh, I, I feel good looking at how things have uh, gone so far. But I think you look at the the rest of the the circumstances in the in the NL, and and for the Braves, and, and as you know, Clay, watching that team so closely, um, with all the injuries they've had, Max Fried just coming back. Uh, Mike Soroka, of course, also being injured. They're, they're a team that has really underperformed what they can do, and yet they're only a game under 500. And the first-place team in that division at the moment, the Phillies, they haven't even played that well either. And so if, if your assessment coming into the season was that the NL East was going to basically be very well balanced and, and that the winner is going to maybe win somewhere in the neighborhood 87, 88 games because they're just going to beat up on each other all season long. That's basically what we've seen so far. The, the, there's only two and a half games separating first and last place in that division. Everybody's still in there. So I think my, my feeling on the Braves, especially once they get uh, more of a normal routine of Freed and Soroka pitching at some point, then I think they're going to really take off. In the Central... I was very bullish on the Brewers for a long time. They've cooled off a little bit, and, and for, for me, I'm really worried about Christian Yelich right now, Clay. Uh, you know, of course, a former MVP, he's now had a, a number of different back issues and, and back injuries that have plagued him, 
And he came back, he played one game, went right back on the IL. He's a really young player to be having back issues like this. Uh, And I heard Joe Girardi say something uh, recently along the lines of, and it wasn't pertaining to Yelich, it was just a general statement, that that once you're a back patient, you're always a back patient. And I'm afraid that that's the case for a former MVP who also is one of the classy people in the game as well. So it's a tough bit of news for the Brewers there. And and, and the Cardinals in recent days have gotten some momentum. The the one big surprise, though, has been the Giants, their, their rotation, Clay, has been really surprising, and you've got to credit Gabe Kapler there uh, for getting the Giants now uh, potentially back towards the playoffs. Well, we're talking to John Morosi, our Major League Baseball insider. Braves are going to 100% capacity today in their series against the, the Phillies, which begins uh, later this afternoon. And also, we've already had the Rangers at basically 100% capacity for a while. When do you think the majority of Major League Baseball teams will be at full capacity? What are you hearing about crowds in MLB stadiums? Well, Clay, it's certainly going to still be somewhat location-dependent uh, whenever the... Me, <laughs> yeah. Tell her we said okay, hi. Gabrielle, you can... Sweetheart, Daddy's on the air. You can please get some cereal, Okay. Uh, so uh, this is a, this is obviously Clay normal normal times of the road. That is uh, that is every house uh. in the that is every house in America for the past year. Oh my gosh! So uh, what cereal so does as, she as get? By the way, what's what's her I, I, I what's her go to? More and more uh, more and more teams moving towards 100 percent capacity. I would say that we will probably see, depending on where you're at in the country, uh, we're seeing more and more teams up now, even around like 30 to 40 percent. And as you mentioned, with the Braves 100 percent, the Rangers 100 percent. So I, I think by the middle of the year, I, I, I've I've long believed that, obviously following the the, the data as we all have and, and, and looking at it, that I think by the middle part of the summer we'll see more and more stadiums able to do it because I, I think that we're seeing that with the safety protocols baseball's put in place, you can do it safely, especially when it's outside in the summertime. So I think uh, baseball does have um, the, the calendar in its favor right now, Clay, and I'm optimistic that we'll see more crowds able to be up, up at least closer to 100% uh, by the middle part of the season. How surprised are you that the Red Sox have the best record in baseball? Incredibly surprised. I mean, this is a team, Clay, that I thought was going to be fourth place potentially in, in this division this year, and, and their pitching has really surprised me. Nick Pavetta has come along, and, and that's been impressive for me. They're, they're, but I think the one thing that probably I underrated coming into spring training was the quality of their lineup. J.D. Martinez is back to being an MVP. So is Xander Bogarts. Rafael Devers is playing like an all-star again over at third base. That's, that's a, a group of three players that when they're going, there are not many teams in the AL. I would actually say probably no teams in the AL that have three players that talented and uh, off from an offensive standpoint. So, the, And in a division where really the Rays have taken a step back, the Yankees have been, by their own standards, pretty mediocre. So there's, there's more of an opportunity there. The Blue Jays, they have not had George Springer, of course, so their, their major free agent signing. He's been injured a lot of the season. So the, there's an opportunity there, and you've got to credit the Red Sox for finding the best way to, uh, to fill that gap and, and put together a pretty significant start to the season. Last question for you. Uh, we are sitting right now in 30-ish games into the season. More valuable to look at run differential or overall record? And, if, and just if we looked at run differential, the White Sox would be the best team in the American League and the best team in the National League would still be the Dodgers. Do you look at run differential more or total record? Which is a better indicator right now 30-ish games in? 
Yeah, it's a great question, Clay. I, I look at run differential, especially this early on. You know, at some point, you to borrow the Parcells line, you become what your record says you are. But that's usually more towards uh, when you get a little closer to the trade deadline. I start to say, okay, if if you're outperforming your your run differential, maybe there is something just to the way this blend of players is coming together, and then you start to believe the standings a bit more. But but for now, you do look at run differential and expect things to normalize a bit. And I think you know one thing about the White Sox that I'm really intrigued by Clay is, do we see Tony LaRusa pursue a reunion with Albert Pujols? Now, of course, we saw the news yesterday about Albert being cut by the Angels. Um, do we see the White Sox bring Albert Pujols in and Tony and Albert together again for what would be the first time since 2011? So, uh, really interesting times there on the South Side. Good stuff. Get your daughter that uh, that cereal. Uh, thank you for coming on with yeah. us, John Morosi. We'll talk to <laughs> yeah, you again I, soon. I had to find, I, like, there's one spot of the house where, where when the kids are all in commotion I can kind of dart away to and, and, and get a couple minutes of quiet so I'm glad that I was able to do that and, and thanks to you and our listeners for their patience this morning <laughs> no worries at all that is every parent in America like I said for the past year good stuff enjoy the games this weekend this is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis hey it's Jonas Knox and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts you know O O O O'Reilly who are in the business of keeping your car on the road O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs they've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock either in store or online so you never have to worry if you're in a jam the team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car if it needs to be replaced they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their firestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, who has got a brand new book out. I have got it here at my house. I have begun to read it. It is fantastic. Senator, I appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on with us uh, right out of the gate. What would you think of your uh, Kansas City Chiefs draft? You kind of remade the offensive line a little bit. Are you optimistic that Mahomes is going to take a few less hits? Yeah, you know, I really am optimistic. I thought they had a great draft, Clay. Thanks for having me on, by the way. And You know, you look at what they did with uh, going to the defense, linebacker, then center, uh, tight end, uh, getting another guard or tackle there with uh, Trey Smith. So I think that it was very, very productive. Seems like, you know, some good solid uh, hits there to mix in a baseball metaphor. Uh, So uh, I think it's good. I'm excited. What do you think, by the way, the Aaron Rodgers talk has been huge. There's been, and I'm one of the guys who thinks that he's going to end up with the Broncos, which could mean we'd get Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Uh, As a guy who watches a lot of, uh, obviously, uh, Kansas City Chiefs games, we know that Justin Herbert's on the uh, upswing. I feel bad for Raider fans. It doesn't seem like anything ever goes their way. Uh, But what do you think about the Aaron Rodgers drama? Do you ever get kind of drawn into that to escape some of what you deal with on a day-to-day basis and just sit back and think, (laughs) hey, I wonder what Aaron Rodgers is going to do with Green Bay? Yeah, actually, I have been following it, to tell you the truth, because I've followed Rodgers his whole career. He's just a few years younger than I am. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested and intrigued by this possibility if I'm going to the Broncos. I kind of love it. I mean, because I would just love to see Mahomes match up against him. Of course, you know, I mean, Mahomes is my guy, so I think we'd get the better of that matchup. But uh, it would be phenomenal, phenomenal football. And for two, two greats, you know, I mean, Rodgers is a great quarterback. Mahomes, I think, is going to be the greatest of all time. When all is said and done, he's got a long career ahead of him. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd kind of love to see that matchup. You're around the same age as me. Later today on uh, on Fox uh, Bet Live, the television show that I do, we're doing a little bit of a throwback uh, segment in honor of the NASCAR event that's going on at Darlington. And they asked us to pick our, like, basically childhood, one of our favorite players to wear a throwback jersey from the 80s or the 90s. And I bet you are going to be in some way at least a big fan of the guy that I picked, but I'm curious who you would pick from your youth if you had to go back and pick a jersey. But who I picked and the jersey that I picked, I picked Bo Jackson, the baby blue Kansas City Royal, like old school for people who remember the 1980s, uh, Bo Jackson, number 16, baby blue with like the the dark uh, blue rim. I mean, I think that's one of the all-time classic 
uh, jerseys back in the day. So uh, I'm going to wear that for a couple of segments on TV today. Bo Jackson, for when I was growing up, was, uh, you know, with Jordan, probably my two favorite athletes. I had the, uh, I've talked about this, the Bo Jackson poster where he's got the shoulder pads on, but he's also got the baseball bat that he's got over his yep. shoulders. You grew up yep. in, uh, in the state of Missouri. Who would you go with if you had to go throwback like 80s or 90s? Well, you took you kind of you, you've taken away my originality here because as you were introducing this, I was thinking to myself, I'd go Bo Jackson yeah. because that's I mean that's who I grew up watching. I saw him play, and I had that poster yep. uh, that you were just talking about. So now I, I am also old enough to remember Brett. I mean George yeah. Brett, and uh, so George Brett. If I couldn't do Bo Jackson, I'd do George Brett because you know he was. I mean in Kansas City, I mean, he was and still is a huge hero. Um, I also am, you know, just old enough to remember him playing and uh, watching him on TV, seeing him at the stadium. So, uh, you know, George Brett has always been a personal hero. I got to meet him for the first time in person, I guess, three years ago. And, man, it was such a thrill. You know, I just I would stand there and I, I thought I'm, I'm literally tongue tied. You know, it's like I kind of talk for a living. And yet here I am. I was like, wow, it's so amazing to meet you. You know, so. Um, it's pretty cool. But Bo Jackson, amazing. If you could go back in time, we've had this discussion on the show before, but if you could go back in time and give any athlete perfect health, what would Bo Jackson have accomplished if he doesn't get injured in that game against, I think it was the Bengals in the playoffs, the Raiders, we talked about them being cursed earlier, but uh, I think that injury, even today, they'd be able to fix it uh, if uh, if the, you know they, they had the modern medical technology. But that's the one that I go back and think about from my youth. If I could give any athlete perfect health, it would have been Bo Jackson just to see what he'd be able to accomplish. Yeah, the sheer athleticism of Jackson and also the skill. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, the, the guy who combined both of those things with an amazing, incredible work ethic. I remember reading just about his personal story and, uh, you know, just, just the determination that he had to succeed and to excel. And But that kind of raw athletic talent that he then molded into – uh, just the 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 incredible accomplishments and record that he had in the time that he played both sports. I mean, it's just it was amazing. He's just a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete, uh, and and an incredible privilege to get to watch. So I have, I, you know, I credit Jackson with some of my. Or I played football from the time I was just a little guy, and uh, you know, I bet I wanted to be Bo Jackson. You yeah, know? I mean, that was. I also played baseball. You know, for the time. I wanted to, unfortunately. Not quite the talent that yeah. uh, Bo had, but uh, when did, you know, the aspiration. When did you abandon baseball? I know you played – we talked about this before. You played high school football all the way through. Did right. you play baseball all the way through high school too? No, I, I did, and I, I stopped playing baseball. I played baseball from the time I was six. Um, I'm thinking about that now. My own boys are that age, and we're starting them on baseball. Yeah, it's Atlanta. awesome. Little, I, coach, I coach uh-huh. Little League, so uh, that yeah. is one of the really cool things to get to do, to go back through with your kids and get to relive kind of your youth fandom through their eyes. Totally. I, so I did that until up, up until high school. So I played baseball up yep. until high school, and then I, I uh, played football all up through the same all the same years and, and up through high school. At one point in time, I'd hoped to play football in college. I mean, I just I loved it. It was I grew up in a state that's a football crazy state, Missouri, and you know, a small town that was football crazy. My dad played in a small college. Uh, played uh, uh, the football. He was a wide receiver. So, you know, I, I always thought, man, I'd love to be able to do that. Did, again, not quite the uh, talent level. Uh, and we just we played sports year-round. I also swam competitively. I played a little basketball in there, ran a little track and field. I mean, just sports was just a way of life, you know, kind of growing up. That's how my dad grew up. Uh, my mom also loved sports. My sister 
Uh, you know, I've got a younger sister. She loves sports, played sports uh, all the time. She's a great basketball player. So it's just a part of a great part of life and growing up. We're talking to Senator Josh Hawley. Speaking of sports, do you believe that? For instance, Kansas City Royals uh, that are playing right now, the Braves today have announced they're going back to 100% capacity. Should sports, we, we were just talking with Mike Coppinger, who's down to cover the Canelo fight that's going on in the Jerry World Stadium down in Dallas. They're going to have over 70,000 people there. Uh, the biggest sporting event that's going on since things started to shut down because of COVID. Do you think it's time to allow people the opportunity to go back in to stadiums and be able to watch in sort of normal capacity settings, particularly outdoors? Yeah, 100%. I mean, in outdoors especially, I think it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And here's the thing I, about the situation we're at now, Clay, with the vaccine widely available, you know, people make the choice to go get it. I, I just think that if you don't allow folks to go back to normal, I mean, you, you have all this. We hear a lot now about vaccine hesitancy and all this stuff. And I think part of this is, is people say, well, hold on. If I go and I get the vaccine, but nothing changes for me, I still got to wear the mask. I still can't get together with, with, with friends and family at any size. I still can't go to sporting events or else it's really limited capacity. I think people are, are saying, well, what difference does it make? I think you've got to tell people, listen, we're at the verge of being over. This thing is almost over. We're just about there. You know, we just got to power through here and we're going to make it. We're going to break the back of this thing. Finally, COVID. And I think part of that is is we've got to be able to get back to normal and, and be able to give people a sense of that, hey, we are on the way back here. So, yeah, I think for outdoors, um, it makes total sense. And, and maybe, you know, I, I'm not a doctor, but uh, for indoor stuff, for folks who have been vaccinated, again, I defer to the experts on that. But I just think this idea that we've got to keep masking up outdoors and we gotta we got to separate ourselves and be, be six feet or more outdoors, and especially then for folks who have been vaccinated, it strikes me as bizarre. Amen. We're talking to Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri. You've got a brand new book out, which is the reason you're on here. And I said, I've got it in my house. And it honestly is arriving at a really interesting time. It's called The Tyranny of Big Tech. Uh, and the story of your book being uh, your story of your book is almost its own book in and of itself. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But this uh seems particularly apropos given that this week we saw Facebook and their uh, sort of oversight council, whatever name you want to give them, reviewing the decision of whether or not it was appropriate to uh, bar Donald Trump from uh, from the site, basically didn't issue any kind of decision. They said, hey, Facebook itself has six months to tell us whether or not this suspension is permanent and what their justification is for it. Josh, I've been saying for a while, we have allowed a backdoor Chinese wall on the internet to exist. In other words, our government isn't directly doing it, but the power of Google, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, all of these different major companies, Amazon, Apple, we have created in big tech a modern day universe where they can censor and block things just like the Chinese government can. They have the same power, arguably more power than our government does when it comes to the dissemination of ideas in our marketplace of ideas. And I know that's a big part of your book, but why is it important and how would you assess the larger picture here? Yeah, it's really important. It's incredibly frightening. And you're right, the, the Facebook decision this week or non-decision, you know, whatever, that, that's a fake court. I call it a bogus court. That, yeah. uh, that, that said, basically what they said is Facebook will just do whatever they want to do for whatever reason they want, and you should just shut up and learn to like it. And the thing that is so that is so frightening about that is that they could do that to anybody. I, I don't want any 
one company or any one person in America to have that kind of control over no free speech. And to me, this is a speech issue and it's a monopoly issue. These countries, these companies rather, are monopolies that got control over speech, over our information, over journalism, over news. They shouldn't have that kind of control. And they've gotten it, I would argue, with the helping hand of government. So my view is, we need to break up their monopoly power. I'm a big believer in competition in every yep. sphere, you know, sports, but also in the marketplace. The problem with tech right now, the pl- these tech platforms, there's not real competition for them. So my view is we need to break up their monopoly power and get some new competition into the market. It, it, it's such a fascinating question, and I, and I think a lot of Americans feel the way – they know that something is wrong but they're not really sure what levers need to be pulled to fix it in terms of our social media universe that we have created. So when you say break them up, in an ideal world, if you had the ability to kind of dissect them, I mean, the the analogy that I made, I got to go uh, talk uh, in front of Congress back in March, is I'm a history nerd, and it seems to me that we have basically recreated the robber baron era, right? Uh, that, That we... When Standard Oil existed and you had the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and they were creating this massive amount of wealth in the hands of a tiny, tiny percentage of people right as sort of America's industry took off. It seems like we've recreated that sort of Gilded Age era and we broke up a lot of those companies. And as a result, we allowed competition to flourish. Is there the will to do that? Would you agree with that historical analogy? I do agree with that historical analogy. I think the big tech barons today are the robber barons of this era and the control they have. I mean, yeah, they've got a gob of money, but also control, control over our speech, control over our news. And when you talk about breaking them up, I mean, here's what I would do. Take Facebook, for instance. Facebook owns Instagram, of course, and also WhatsApp. It it bought both of those companies to try to stifle competition. I think they ought to be spun off. I think you ought to break those up. Google. Google owns YouTube. You know, well, Google went out and bought YouTube to try to make a play in the social media space and also eliminate a potential competitor. I think they should have to spin off YouTube. We could go down the line. Amazon. Amazon has, obviously, the dominant e-commerce platform, but also the cloud with their yes. AWS program uh, platform. So I think they ought to have to separate those two things. This is the kind of, of, of sort of spinning off, separating, trust-busting, I think, that we ought to do in order to get competition in there so that – if people say, listen, I don't want to be tracked all over the web by Facebook. I don't want them telling me what I can and cannot say to my friends. Then there'd be an alternative. You say, okay, well, I'll go over to this other platform. Right now, there are no viable alternatives. Yeah, and what's even scarier, honestly, and I wrote and talked about this some, and we talked about it on the show, is companies that are trying to compete, they get shut down, like what happened with Parler, right? Whether you agree or disagree with uh, their business plan, some people out there will say, well, you would consent. Like they're, they're, there's, that's what you hear every time. Well, Facebook has the right to do whatever they want. They're a private company. And as you well know, uh, that's not true. Like private companies are, are suspect, <laughs> subject to all different sorts of regulations in general, including, like you're saying, antitrust law. But If we wanted to allow the marketplace to flourish, in theory, if Twitter, for instance, is making decisions that you don't like, uh, people out there listening, they should be able to go to an alternative for Twitter. But what happened to Parler in the wake of this uh, shutdown, censorious action going on by so many different companies was Parler got shut down, too. So they literally were not even allowing a competitor to exist. Yeah, you talk about monopoly power. To see Apple and Amazon and Twitter and Google get together and in the space of about 48 hours just cancel 
a competitor, I mean, pretty much eliminate them as a viable competitor is, un- I mean, really breathtaking. You know, I mean, now that's power, and these companies have this power, and they want to use it. And this is uh, exactly to say what we need is, is to open up space for new companies to come in so people can have a choice. And you can go and, and make your own decision, make your own choice about what platform you want to be on. The other thing you mentioned, Clay, is about folks often say, the big tech defenders, yeah, you've agreed to this. It's a private company. When you signed up, you agreed to it. problem with that is you can't enforce the agreement that you supposedly agreed to. Those terms of service where you click yes, you know, yes. you open a Facebook account. If they violate that, if Facebook violates it, you can't sue them. You can't do anything about it because the federal government gives them immunity. Now, no other company gets that kind of thing. No other media platform gets that, but they do. The tech companies do. I think that's wrong. I mean, you want to see some change? Allow people to enforce those terms of service. Allow people to go to court and say, whoa, 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 you violated this agreement we had. That would that would introduce himself. no doubt, and also there's no. I know we talked about the oversight board or the kangaroo court, whatever you want to call it, that Facebook has tried to put together to take away big decisions from Mark Zuckerberg and other prominent executives there, and say, oh no, that's not us. It's you know this group. It kind of reminds me of the colleges that you know create the NCAA, and then if the NCAA has a rule they don't like, they're like, oh, that's not us. That's an NCAA rule. I'm like, yeah, but you created <laughs> right. the NCAA. Like you can't just pretend that you have nothing to do with the larger context here. But you, uh, and and the reason why I bring that up is we will post articles on OutKick and Facebook will give us a, you know, this is impermissible, you can't share it, a violation, which is very Orwellian. But one of them, Josh, was for a story. We linked a editorial by a Johns Hopkins doctor who was arguing that we would have a return to normalcy based on vaccination rates and overall infections from COVID by the end of April. And so we shared that article. It's an opinion. And Facebook said, this is factually inaccurate. And I said, wait a minute. Like, we're appealing, right? But this is an opinion article that we are sharing. It's not supposed to be true or false because an opinion, you know, is exactly the opposite of a fact, right? You're trying to make an argument one way or the other. There's no way to appeal that decision. And it costs my company massive amounts of money because we rely on an audience being able to see our product on Facebook. It's happening to us. It's happening to companies everywhere. And it happened to you uh, in terms of cancellation because your book, and again, it's out right now. People can go buy it, The Tyranny of Big Tech. They pulled your book contract after January 6th. Yeah, exactly. And it was really, in many ways, a tech-led effort. It was Twitter a big Twitter a petition and, and a Twitter storm that uh, led to uh, the former publisher, the publisher that actually commissioned the book and uh, asked me to write it uh, to say that, oh, oh, now now we're canceling it. We're going to try to cancel Holly. We're going to try to shut this speech down. And this is this gets back to, to me, the core issue here for those of us who believe in the First Amendment, which I think is the overwhelming majority of Americans. You may not like somebody else's speech. You know, the First Amendment is the right to be wrong. Yes. You know, this is what I, when I used to to defend folks in, in court as a First Amendment lawyer. I mean, this is, did I agree with my clients all the time? No, I mean, th- but that's not the equation. The equation is, the question is, can is your speech, can I go out and protect speech even if I disagree with it? And we've gotten to the point in this country, my my book is an example of this, where the a segment of our country, I think, you know, sort of the Wokies, are increasingly saying, if we don't agree with your speech and like it, you shouldn't be able to speak at all anywhere. We want you silenced. We want you deplatformed. And they did try to do that with me. They failed because we still have independent publishers and independent news sources in this country. 
which is why what you're doing is so important, Clay, is to provide that independent voice and, and uh, just a, a place where, you know, people from, from different political perspectives come and say, wow, here's some independence. But uh, so my, the book, you know, is, is out, which is outstanding and, and uh, able to get it out there. And I just refuse to be canceled. But it is scary that the, this, this woke contingent in this country wants to try and shut down all speech that they disagree with and to impose their own views across, you know, politics, sports, journalism, all of it. I haven't seen anything like it in my lifetime. And I just think those of us who believe in the First Amendment have got to stand up and say, we believe in the right to be wrong. We believe in free speech and we're going to fight for it. Amen. Uh, I always say there's a big difference, Senator, between saying I disagree with you and and making an argument on the contrary, which is what the foundation of American democracy is all about. And I disagree with you and you don't have the right to your opinion and you should be canceled for even having that opinion. And unfortunately, that's where a very illiberal subset of the American population has taken this discourse. I'm reading the book. It's fantastic. The book is The Tyranny of Big Tech by Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. Enjoy the Aaron Rodgers drama. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for having me, Clay. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 